0: You are listening to the IoT For All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT For All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we have Posse Hurry, the president and CEO of BaseN. They are a full stack IoT operator focused on controlling the full value chain uh, in order to provide ultimate scalability, fault tolerance, and security to their customers. Uh, A lot of great discussions happen in this episode. We talk about the next generation of digital twins, which is a focus for BaseN, um, kind of what digital twins are, the evolution of them over time. Uh, the Internet of Things in the real world, kind of what that means when people say it, as well as other challenges that they see in the space. One of the biggest being how to change people's mindset, um, as they indicate that is one of the biggest things to try to overcome for a company in the IoT space at times. Uh, Other than that, uh, um, lots of of great conversation here. If you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to like the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to us on on a podcast directory, please feel free to subscribe to that podcast directory uh, for our show as well. We really appreciate it. But before we get into this episode, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market, but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white-label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Posse, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. No, thanks, Ryan. It's nice to yeah, be here. Great yeah it's great to have you um so i wanted to kick this off by having you give a quick introduction about yourself uh background information you think will be relevant for audience to get a sense of who they are listening to
1: all right so i'm basi hurri i'm the founder and ceo of Bay sen and we are a company who has been done iot for 20 years even though it was not called iot in the beginning right. but we started from situational awareness systems for for the military and, uh, and, and we have developed uh, our platform for, for continuously this twenty years, and now we have fairly diverse customer base, both mission critical and, and also uh, in industrial grade customers on, on our platform. And now, now we are we are gradually moving to digital twins, and uh, and, and we have a quite a strong IPR and uh, and, and, and technology base. So so, uh, so we we are uh, accelerating our growth quite nicely right now.
0: Fantastic. So, aside from digital twins, tell us a little bit more about the company and the role you all play in IoT. Kind of do you have, do you have a focus on industries you work in? Do you uh, from an offerings perspective, what where 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 are you kind of what's your sweet spot look like?
1: So uh, uh, about 60% of our revenue is coming from large telecom operators uh, uh-huh. whose uh, networks and, and their diverse environments. Uh, we are monitoring and collecting data and providing uh, all kinds of analytics uh, based on the data collected uh, by uh, from those networks and uh, but the growing area. Actually it is the 40 percent which, which are industrial customers and there mm. we, we are in fairly diverse businesses uh, like uh, maritime, uh, construction uh, retail and, right. uh, and we, we have a f- fairly different customer cases uh, who are some, ha- some have utilized all our capabilities and okay. some of them are utilizing only some components but, uh, but, but the portion is growing quite nicely.
0: So, so take me through some of those um, deployments that you have in, in those industries you mentioned. I, I think it's always good to kind of give our audience some, some full context, bring it more full circle around not just what the technology is and the offerings that you have, but also how it's being used. Um, so any that you feel comfortable sharing would be great just to kind of get a sense of how the technology is being used.
1: So, so one of our, uh, our uh, fastest growing customers now is Trimble in the U.S., uh, and they are providing uh, large construction sites: an access control and uh, w- workplace safety solution, uh, which uses RFID tags and Bluetooth sensors, uh, which are attached uh, to the equipment that construction people are using, and uh, and when they log in to the construction site. The, the, the name tags have an RFID tag, so 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 we we paint a complete picture where people are on the construction sites, and uh, uh, and also uh, only people with qualifications get to the dangerous goods areas or or, or heights. Uh, so they also so the system verifies their credentials at any point, and also collects all the safety information. So, if you go to a hard hat area, uh, you don't get in unless you have your hard hat on. So, it's detected mm. by the Bluetooth sensor. So, that is, uh, we, we have more than five hundred thousand employees also reg- already registered in, in the solution, and it's growing really nicely. So, Trimble is selling it in the continental, the US. So, that's mm. that's I think one of the uh, uh, one of the highlights. And, and fastest growing because it's it's deployed so rapidly to customers right now.
0: I read something um, that you all are also working with the European Space Agency. Um, that is correct. Yeah. Not, so tell me about that initiative.
1: Yeah. So with w- with ESA, uh, uh, we started with a, a project on uh, on creating a digital twin. For the Mars rover that they are planning for the for the future, so okay. uh, we cre- uh, we we adapted our platform into a framework where you can manage a remote uh, autonomous vehicle in a in a very complex communications environment, which uh, arguably Mars is because when you when you transmit signals from Mars to the, to the Earth, it's it's like eight minutes uh, before okay. the signal goes through, and you have Mars station, you have a Mars orbiter, then you have Moon uh, satellite, and then, and then you have Earth satellite, and only then you have Earth station. So you have quite many hops before you can communicate. And we designed right. a framework on how, how you can manage a swarm of these kind of rovers uh, but w- with a very simple way of uh, uh, getting all the hardware kind of in control.
0: That's super interesting. I think the. Um... Anytime we talk about kind of initiatives associated with satellites and space, it's always very interesting for our audience to understand how that's being done. So that's that's interesting. You have that going on. How how close? Where is that in the stages of deployment? Is it kind of still being concept out or is it actually deployed and being utilized right now?
1: Yeah, we currently have a prototype running, oh, and, uh, and, and we are we are planning the next stage of the project uh, where we also extend the platform so that we can utilize it also for Earth observation, for deep sea exploration, and, and in these kind of applications. Because practically the problem is the same: you have complex autonomous devices and mm-hmm. challenging communications environment, and right. uh, and we can apply the same platform to quite many uh, many industry and scientific needs now.
0: Fantastic. So, one of the things you mentioned when you were kind of talking through the uh, the what the company does and kind of your overall focus is you mentioned uh, digital twins. We we've spoken about digital twins before on the podcast a while ago. We haven't really revisited it in quite some time. I wondered if you could just at at for for starters just explain to our audience at a high level what a digital twin is and kind of the value it plays in in the IoT space.
1: So, uh, originally, digital twin only meant uh, a kind of a 3D model of a, of a physical product or a physical machine. Uh, and it, it dates back all the way uh, into to the 60s, when NASA was building the, the first Apollo missions. Uh, then, afterwards, when the CAD and CAM providers like, uh, like Dassault and PTC... And Autodesk with their AutoCAD product, uh, they started talking about this kind of alive live 3D models, and, and they adopted the, the term digital twin uh, to that. So it, it would be kind of a uh, 3D computer-aided design. Uh, mm. However, how we view a digital twin is that it's the master object for almost any uh, physical uh, uh, smart or not so smart item so so for instance in this uh, ESA project uh, the the digital twin of the rover is actually the firmware that is running in the rover but the same firmware is also running in our platform so so whenever there is good connection outside the rover is actually run by the cloud side uh, uh, software. So, so that's right. the digital twin. And, uh, uh, and going to the future, we see that for most physical products, the digital twin actually should become the primary merchandise.
0: So yeah, expand on that a little bit. I was going to actually follow up and ask you what the next generation of digital twins looks like, or what the evolution of them looks like going forward. You kind of hit on where it came from and how it got to where it is now, but but what does it look like going forward into the future, from either capability standpoint, a um, you know the value it provides, how it can be used, like where do you see it going?
1: I, I believe that it is going towards the uh, sustainable uh, future and sustainable. Products and, and customer relationships. So, um, if you think of uh, today's objects like cars, uh, when you buy a car, you don't actually get a digital twin. You get right. some digital assets uh, sure. th- to be used with your car. But we see that in the future, uh, your driving habits and your service history and uh, and, and a kind of a uh, your real need for the car I- is being mapped and. Uh, uh, uh and uh, augmented with artificial intelligence so that when when you need a new kind of uh, new car you will actually be uh having a tailored physical uh, twin for the existing digital twin that that maps all your driving needs at that point so 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 uh thinking uh, that that it would be kind of an eternal customer relationship so we we think that companies should kind of embrace this this kind of a uh, Continues communication, uh, automatic and uh, and non automatic communication with their customers with digital twins and next generation digital twins, which uh, which should be the ones that, that that are actually paid for. And then we think that the physical things like the wheels and the, and the car chassis those would just become as part of the service.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. i I, it's. I'm very curious, kind of understand how. Where Digital Twins is going, I remember going to events, I think right before COVID happened and Digital Twin was one of the hottest topics uh, at some of these events I went to and just understanding where it's come from, how it's being used and kind of the future of where it's going, I think is really interesting to kind of think about because of the value it's really providing for the space um, and which you kind of just, just shed a lot of good light on there. So so I appreciate that. Um, I did want to take a second and transition a little bit and talk more about from your perspective, and the and the not just the projects you work on, but just generally what you're observing in the market, um, we're seeing IoT go through a lot of different phases. We see early stage deployments that you know are very much more concept focused, pilot, and then they get into the pilot stage, and then they maybe sometimes get through to scale and actually being used in the real world. But through your experience, what do you think are the biggest contributors to IoT really being? Used and utilized, and the value seen in in the real world, like you know, what does that kind of mean, and what does that kind of look like in your mind? Uh,
1: I think that the uh, the the barriers before for kind of real world IoT deployments they've been in the price of communication and uh, availability of uh, uh, easy connectivity uh, solutions. Uh, right. However, uh, th- th- there is also the the kind of a five G uh, bubble, as we call it, uh, kind of a hype bubble that uh, that you're supposed to create uh, IoT solutions for every port and every smart city and, and, and right. places like this. However, uh, when you don't have any data collected right now, you cannot throw in gigabits per second uh, 5G mm-hmm. there and kind of expect the projects just to appear. So, so, so it needs kind of a much more down-to-earth thinking on, on, on what are what are the potential digitalization uh, areas and 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 also sometimes we, we have seen that uh, it's mostly the the attitude and, and and the kind of a stamina of a company to really transform from physical product to a service like with Trimble as I explained uh, they really wanted to create a new, digital product uh, for construction sites and then that's why it became a successful IOT project uh, in, in that sense
0: right yeah it, I'm, I'm it's um it's a challenge that some I think a lot of companies come across and that kind of leads me into a, a question that I wanted to ask you which is when you are working on deployments and trying to get things from the concept phase through the pilot testing all the way to scale, what are some of the biggest challenges that you all have come across and face and maybe that your customers face? And then to add on to that, what advice do you have for companies to kind of navigate those common challenges and how to better prepare to maybe avoid them in the first place, um, just to be able to get to that ability to deploy IoT in the real world?
1: Uh, we think that the, the the primary thing is to, is to make sure that IoT uh, is not an add-on product to, to something existing, that it should be part of the core product that the company is doing. Because whenever you create something extra, then it takes a long time for sales and marketing to pick it up and also the uh, customers to pick it up. And and it very easily happens that if not enough resources is, is, uh, is directed to the project, then it fades out very quickly because salespeople are used to sell. Just the elevators or cranes or whatever they have been used to sell before. So, so it's very important to take it into into the strategic planning of the of the company's products. So, so what is the stage of digitalization that that they need, and and, and mm-hmm. do they want to move to service based business? Because if there, if there is no clear uh, direction there, it it will not happen with with a technical project,
0: right. Right. And what about when you're having conversations around those topics with companies? How, how is their mindset um, coming into those conversations? And, you know, oftentimes what I've I've heard is that trying to change people or organizational mindsets around the value IoT provides, how it fits in, what their expectations are versus what's the reality of what can be built oftentimes is one of the most difficult things for companies to overcome that are trying to help a, an organization deploy IoT. How have you kind of come across that and, and what, what have you done to or been able to do to see success there?
1: So uh, we have seen the same, same thing you have observed and, uh, uh, and we have usually helped our customer to, to create a minimum viable digital product so we have said that you know that we take some of the risk for you. So we we together in let's say two weeks we create a product uh, that 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 is an IoT based and that, that can be uh, sold almost separately and uh, and then demonstrate that it really works and so to convince the customer and uh, and take large enough uh, uh, group of the customers. Uh, stakeholders with us because because that that's 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 an important way because if if customers sales is against this kind of a uh, new product then it won't succeed so it's it's very important to to, to interact with not only the uh, chief digital officer or or r d the, the, right. the product product management and, and sales that they are uh, uh, as as important in the, in the sales phase
0: yeah definitely i i think you know getting um one other thing I think that's really important kind of tying into what you're saying here is that buy-in from other people within the organization. And the earlier you have that buy-in and support and maybe potentially a champion within the organization for this initiative, the, the more likely you are to, to see it move down the the pipe um, as you run through the pilot in the early stages. So um, so, so, I, so I think that those insights you're sharing are super helpful um, and something that organizations I think can learn a ton from and how this really help get them around these challenges and navigate around these issues that we do see across industries. It's not just one particular industry or anything like that. So one of the last things I want to ask just before we wrap up here is, you know, a lot of these conversations and these points that we're having are are, I think our audience is going to get a ton of value out of. But um, as they have questions and want to learn more about the company, what you all are doing, maybe follow up with questions on some of these topics. What's the best way to do that? What's the best way to reach out, engage and also at the same time, stay up to date with everything going on?
1: So, so we have uh, multiple means. So of course, uh, just by 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 leaving a contact form, but also connecting with us with with Twitter or 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 Instagram or, or wherever. I, I think that the uh, the 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 way companies learn about new IoT solutions it's it's transforming all the time. So the old fashioned ways of just mass emailing or or kind of having having let's say a booth in a in a fair uh those are kind of uh, in a flux right now so so, it, uh, so so we just need to keep up uh the uh, messaging of, of our mm-hmm. uh customer cases and then we can easily walk through uh, how uh, Trimble worked with us how North Power did these right. uh right. Auto sales on, on base and so so this is uh uh, and uh, and we have trained everyone in the company, whether it's our CTO or product management or sales marketing, any of any of us can can explain how we can get started.
0: Fantastic! And um, anything kind of happening over the next six twelve months that we should be on the lookout for or kind of pay attention to to kind of follow along and see that's coming out of base end.
1: Yeah, as, as opposed to this, uh, because of our military background. So if uh, if something military happens in the, in the coming weeks. So we, okay. we might direct some of our resources to military technologies, but at the, at the same time, we are continuing with the European Space Agency, which is really exciting uh, internally. Yeah. And also we'll, uh, we'll have some nice surprises there on, 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 on overall digital twin platforms.
0: Sounds good. Well, we'll make sure we keep uh, keep an eye out on kind of everything going on and uh, stay in touch. I think, you know, I'd love to potentially have you or another member of the team back sometime later this year to talk about what's been going on on, this, on the space side of things that you have and, and also the evolution of the digital twin, uh, I think, is our, our super valuable topics for our audience. So so I really appreciate your time today and, and um, hopefully we'll stay in touch and look forward to having you back on to talk with our audience again.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Ryan. It was very nice talking to you and look forward to... Uh, appearing again and talking again.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the iot for all podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at IOTforAll and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.